This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 245 of Sorta Awesome. And I did just mention our Sorta Awesome Hangout group but I want to really call it out this week because you guys, if you have been listening to the show for a little amount of time or a long time, but you've never come over to join us in the Hangout group, we would love to have you over there, especially during this time of global quarantine. We are coming together so strong as a community to support each other. We are sharing awesome things like what should you read this week? What should you watch on TV or movies to watch? What should you cook? What recipes to try? What's working for you in the kitchen? And all kinds of other things. We're troubleshooting how to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and how to walk through the grieving process when we lose people during this time. Just like every topic under the sun, we are talking about it in the Hangout group. So, you know, we've had the Hangout group for five years and it's been an incredible community before, but I cannot tell you all enough how extremely, extremely awesome the Hangout group is these days. I just, I can't get over it. You guys are the most incredible people on the planet. So if you haven't joined us over there, we would love to have you and you can do it really easily by going to facebook.com. You can just search for Sword of Awesome Hangout, find us there. We'd love to have you join us. Okay. Like I said, this is episode 245 of Sword of Awesome. I'm joined today by my Beautiful co-host, my longtime dear friend, everyone's favorite big sister, Kelly Gordon. How are you? I don't know how to answer that question, Meg. We were joking right (laughs) off camera, awesome, about if you have a good friend. You know, obviously, if it's somebody that you're just passing somehow on a street and they're like, hey, you're like, hey, somebody who knows you says, how are you? If you're anything like me, you're like, I don't know. In some ways, I'm good. I'm healthy. It is spring. You know, we're on the last stretches of school. There are good things. And in other ways, I am like, pull my hair out. I can hardly breathe for all of the anxiety. There's so much happening. Yes, so much. So Kelly, you know, this sort of, it's kind of like a running pop culture joke that a factory might have a sign that says, it's been this many days since our last accident. (laughs) I feel like I need one of those that says, it's been this many days since the last time I cried, except it's like on zero every day. (laughs) Every day. If you can just get to one, you're like, huge goal, huge. I'm not even crying much. Okay, that's good. You probably don't even have time to cry. (laughs) I don't have time to cry. That's kind of how I feel. I'm a little bit like, okay, so people, Corey in particular, will look at me and say, you look heavy right now. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, but I can't. I can't Shut up. I got to keep going. (laughs) 
so yeah, that might be it is what I was going to say. I'm not trying to say it like, oh, I'm not even crying. I'm like, I don't even know. Why am I not crying, babe? Why am I not crying? I really do. It's almost become predictable. Like every morning, I'm probably going to cry for about 10 minutes. I tell the kids, I'm like, I'm okay. Just feeling some stress. And I just cry for 10 minutes. And then I pick myself back up and go on with the day. But it's just every single day, the reality kind of, it just washes over me. And then I'm like, okay, but we got to keep going. So here we are. (laughs) That's probably healthy. What you're doing in processing the emotions. I feel like that's something, maybe I just do it a different way. Maybe, you know, I think I'm breathing into a paper bag is how I feel for those 10 minutes where I'm like, like, okay, 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 okay. And then I'm like, okay. Yes, because you're right. You know, we do need those little tiny moments. We do need good friends to look at us right in the eye and say, I'm here with you. This is a lot. It's okay. And we can keep going. That's what we're doing here on the podcast, I feel like. I agree. Yes, that is what we are hoping to do. We want to be there with you. We want you to know we are so in this with you. So yeah, so, you know, just asking a friend casually, how you doing? It could open up all kinds of things these days. (laughs) Okay, well, here is sort of awesome. We are trying to, you know, just give you a place to escape once a week when you come hang out with us on Fridays, or whenever it is that you have time to push play on this episode. And so Kelly and I thought it would be really fun this week just to kind of do a little discussion between the two of us of some things that we've bought through the years that were both some things that were just super, super worth the many, every penny that we put into it. We're so glad we did. And some other things, not so much. I actually have a big one. This was not worth the money list that almost was the inspiration for this whole episode. I'm so mad about this thing. So (laughs) we're going to get to our lists of things that were worth it and the things that were not worth it here in just a few minutes. But Kelly, first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with Our Awesomes of the Week. It's the moment in the show, everybody, where we stop and talk about whatever is awesome in life right now, even in the midst of global pandemic, whether it's a book or a TV show, movie, podcast, a product, whatever's making life a little bit better. Kelly, what do you have for us? So I have something that truly has made my life more awesome. It did take a little bit of work, But it's something that I see come up in the Hangout group sometimes. People say, I really miss the groups app that many of us used to have on our phones where we could go just to our groups on Facebook and they took that option away. And so they're like, how can I do that? You guys, I don't think there's a good answer for that. You can go just to the groups on some of our apps for Facebook on our phones. You can go just click on the groups. But even there, you get all sorts of other things. So here's my story, Meg. I have basically gotten off of Facebook except for groups, except for specifically these sort of awesome groups and spinoffs. I'm also in like a journalism group and a group from church. Otherwise, literally nothing else. I don't exist on Facebook, except I still have my account. Many of you have said, and man, I sympathize with this, where we are right now in our culture and we're moving into an election year in the middle of a pandemic, everything seems to get so heated. People are like, how do I not see all of that and see the things that I want to see on Facebook? Again, I don't think there's a really easy answer. There used to be better, easier answers. So here's what I have done at the recommendation of friends. And I am here to say it is worth it. I have unfollowed everything and everyone on Facebook, except for the groups that I still want to be in. You are a rock star. I cannot imagine how long it took. It took a couple of days just because, you know, it's like, click, yes, click, yes, click, yes. You know, it's just repetitive and boring. But you, know, you just break it up. You're like, well, I'll just try to do 100 now and then I'll do 100 tomorrow. And I wasn't sure it was going to be worth it, honestly. When I was doing it, it was because it was kind of a last resort. 
of having friends on Facebook saying, but what if we want to connect here? And you guys, this is just me. It maybe doesn't reflect everybody's experience, but Facebook over the last couple of years has gotten so painful and such a bad place for me to be. It would send me into a spiral of all sorts of nasty that I was like, I love you guys. I want to see you, but I can no longer go to Facebook. And this was the illustration that I use. As I said, it feels like Facebook has become a rundown, nasty neighborhood. Mm. There's mold. It's dark. There are wild animals. I don't want to be there. <laughs> like even to see you, you know, you're like, but I live there. Come see me there. I'm like, it's not worth it to me. It's so literally said, unsafe. <laughs> yeah, literally unsafe and gross. <laughs> you know, even for me, like all the ads and stuff, I'm just like, I'm, blah, blah. I don't want to see all that. I don't want to see like suggested following. I don't want to see all of it. It would upset me. So I'm just like, it's just not worth it for me to go there. And so they said, is there a way that if Facebook was the only viable option for us to stay connected, that we could clean up Facebook for you? You know, could we bring in some bleach <laughs> and get rid of the mold and that sort of stuff? So that's kind of what we determined is the only way to really clean up Facebook for me, because the groups are what I value and where I do want to stay connected to people, was for me to get rid of everyone else. So here's one tip I would say, if you're going to go this path, I do think it's worth it. It does take time. I do think it's worth it. You do want to not, like some people have said, well, what if I just like kept following my close friends and family, you know, just like a few people because of Facebook's algorithms, they're going to want to keep you on Facebook. So if you only are following like five people and then five groups, you're going to see every single thing that that person, those five people that you're following do on Facebook. You're going to see every comment they leave on somebody else's. You're going to see every like that they've ever liked, every place they've ever checked in. What it ends up being is a lot of people are like, you know, I didn't really want to know every single thing that my sister did on Facebook at every moment. Like, I didn't know she liked that thing. I didn't know she ordered that thing. But because Facebook's trying to keep you there and they only have those five people to draw from, they're going to show you everything. So people are like, "Eh, maybe it's better. Unfollowing somebody is different than blocking them. So unfollowing them is different than blocking somebody, right? Unfollowing is just saying, I don't want to see them anymore, but you're still friends. From their perspective, nothing has changed, except that you're not going to be interacting with their content anymore. You can still go specifically to that person's page and see what they're doing. So that's what I have done for family is I can still go and be like, I want to see what pictures my dad has posted, or I want to see, you know, what my sister has said, or I have some old youth group girls who one has preemies in the hospital right now. I want to see what they're doing. I can go to her page and see it and even interact with her, but it's not going to be a part of my regular feed when I open up Facebook, if that makes sense. So it's also not a rejection of them, you know, just unfollowing somebody. It's not like, I don't like you anymore, you know, business down the road. It's nothing that they're going to see. It's just saying, I don't want to see it unless I go find it. I lack words to tell you guys what a weight has been lifted off of me by doing this because the hangout group, like you just said, Meg, and the superstars group has become such a refuge especially in this pandemic time. It's such an encouraging place. It's places where some of my favorite people are. You all are funny. You're wise. You ask each other for really interesting input. I love it. And so I didn't want to stop being there, but Facebook had become so toxic to me that I just didn't know a way around it. So even though this was kind of, it felt drastic, a measure to go through and unfollow everybody. I'm so glad I did it. It's so worth it. And I feel like I can breathe again, that there was this place that I do want to be to connect with the people that I care about the most, but it had become so harmful that I couldn't figure out how to balance it. So that is my awesome of the week. 
And I would highly recommend it to anybody who feels conflicted in Facebook, especially as we go through the rest of this year, because we just don't need that. We're in kind of a survival sort of mode. And so the few good things that you do get, I think, and again, this is different for every person, but if you're feeling like I was, I did get a few good things. And you're like, well, I'm glad I saw that meme or I'm glad I saw that update. It wasn't worth it. It didn't ROI, as Corey would say. There was not the return on investment of my time. And of course I would get sucked in and then I would spend hours feeling agitated about something. And it almost always when I would say, Kelly, why are you so agitated? I would trace it back to Facebook. So it's not worth it for me. So this has been so good. I highly recommend it. It is my awesome of the week and maybe maybe the year. It might be what saves my sanity and actually several of my relationships. It does sound like an awesome of the year for sure. I'm so glad. I mean, I'm sure that it did take so much time to get it that way, but just the difference in your energy about it, it's very tangible. So good on you. That's very good. Okay, my awesome of the week is something that I did see recommended several times in the Hangout group for something to watch. It is a Netflix original series called Never Have I Ever. One of the co-creators is Mindy Kaling. Of course, many of you know Mindy Kaling is a fantastic comedy writer. She played Kelly Kapoor on The Office, but also was one of the main writers for all of the seasons of The Office. She's written a couple of books. She had her own show, The Mindy Project. She's just, you know, super all-around funny, funny woman. And so she, together with Lang Fisher, created this show called Never Have I Ever. When I first came across it, I was confused. I didn't know if it was a movie. I didn't know if it was a sort of adaptation of a YA novel because it's going to have a very YA feel. Just be prepared for that. And so I just pushed play on it. Well, it's a 10 episode series, like I said, a Netflix original. And Kelly, it is so great. I am loving it so much. So the series revolves around our main protagonist is 15 year old Devi Vishwakamur, who, like I said, she's Indian American. Her parents immigrated from India. And she lives in California and it follows her story as she navigates some really interesting situations. So the background on her is that the school year before, during one of her orchestra performances at school, her dad suddenly had a heart attack and unexpectedly died in the middle of a school performance. And then as a way of processing grief, because, you know, our bodies experience trauma and express trauma in so many different ways for reasons that nobody can explain. Davy lost the ability to walk, but it was temporary. After like a year, just all of a sudden, she started walking again. That's not a spoiler. You get all of that information in like the first five minutes of the show. But then it follows her through the school year ahead. So she's determined to overcome the challenges of the year before and just have a really great year. And it follows her, her two best friends who are named Eleanor and Fabiola. And their, you know, kind of storylines that are going on, the things that they're experiencing. Davy is obsessed with having a boyfriend and she really wants to date like the most popular guy in school. <laughs> so I really feel Don't like we all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really feel like it's really hard to do justice to how great this is. It is like every fantastic YA novel that you've ever picked up. You know, I love a YA. I know you like YA. Kelly, those young adult books. Definitely, this is in that thread. You just get more development because instead of just a book, it's a 10 episode series. One thing I love about this series is that Mindy Kaling as the showrunner makes no attempt to sugarcoat Davy's issues. She has anger that she expresses. She makes really bad choices when it comes to like 
her friends and the boy that she likes. And she, you know, she struggles with jealousy. She's super competitive. You just see her in all of her realness. And I really especially do love the fact that this show really deals frankly with her anger. And I think it's really connected to the grief that she's experiencing. She really struggles and has struggled to process the grief of her dad dying. And she's going to therapy. So you get to sit in on therapy sessions with her. The show does not turn away from the fact that she has some anger. But again, this is a comedy and there's all kinds of funny things happening around that. Another super interesting thing, Kelly, that they did with this show was they have it, speaking of her anger, they have the whole series narrated by John McEnroe, the tennis star from the, yes, (laughs) from the (laughs) 80s and 90s. Which okay. is so I'm confused weird. right now. Yeah. But I mean, why is it just his voice narrating and he just happens to be the narrator or there's a reason he's narrating? There's a reason. There's a reason okay. that he narrates it. It's because he was her dad's favorite tennis player. And also, as people of a certain age know and remember, John McEnroe had a little bit of an anger problem as well yes. when he was on the tennis courts. <laughs> so that is the big tie in. For John McEnroe, it's such a weird choice, but you get used to it and it really works. I will say there is one episode that he does not narrate. That episode follows one of like Davy, she calls her nemesis, her biggest competitor in her class that they're always like neck and neck. They're always competing with each other. His name is Ben. And Ben's episode is narrated by Andy Sandberg, who I know that you like from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and other things. So anyway, you guys, so many people recommended this. I will say if you're going to watch this with a teen in your life, to me, it's more older teen. Even think it's a little bit advanced for my sixth grader, just the language that's used, some of the situations that Davy and her friends find herself in. For me, it's like high school and up. Now, your mileage may vary with your own kids, but just wanted to tell you that just because it's YA does not necessarily mean you want to gather up the whole family. <laughs> or maybe you do. They cover a lot of things that have to do with race and identity. There's a fantastic coming out scene with one of Davy's friends and her mom that is so good. I just sat on my bed and just cried. It was handled so beautifully and so delicately. Just really fantastic. So it's a comedy show. They deal with big issues. So maybe you do want to watch it with your teens, but even if you don't have teens, you just want something that you can kind of escape to. If you like the YA thing, I think you'll like it. Oh, that's so, so it's reminding me of, it wasn't a TV show, it was a movie, but it's To All the Boys I've Loved Before, yes. which came out, was it just last summer, last spring? Yes. That was a movie. So this is nice that it goes on longer, but it was so charming and sweet. And yet I sometimes think these types of shows, even though, like you said, they're certainly YA and older teens could watch them, you know, without problem. A lot of them are, I think, for those of us to remember what it's like to be yes. a teenager. So sometimes it's like, we're like, oh, that's right. There was that really hard thing. And so the perspective that an adult brings to something like this is sometimes necessary that like a 13 year old would be opening doors or potentially maybe, I don't even know. Sometimes I think it could confuse them. Like those of us who are adults, we're like, I can see what's happening here. And they're like, wait, so is she's supposed to be like all things popular to all people, right? That's the point of the movie. And you're like, no, that's the anti-point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. At least for my kids. I think that when they were young, it's better to watch it when they were old. But yet at the same time, I love this. I'm so excited, Meg, because this is the exact sort of thing. Did you ever watch The Wedding Singer that Mindy Kaling was also the producer of? It was also like 10 shows. It was set in the UK. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, go back and look, because that was something that was like last fall. It was also a very, very loose take. Oh, not, I said the wedding singer. (laughs) Four weddings and a funeral. Oh, yes, I did watch that. Yes. On Hulu, I think. Yes. 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 
Wedding Singer is very different. I was like, <laughs> I missed it. But no, yes, Four Weddings and a Funeral was so great. It was yes. so good, but it was like, you know, it had so many good, it was grown up, but yeah, not too grown up. It was charming, great characters. So this man, if there was ever a time that we had Mindy Kaling to introduce these funny, charming, feel good, but not shying away from the real stuff of life sorts of shows, now is it. Go Mindy Kaling. We are here for you. We have made you an honorary awesome. Absolutely. She totally is. So those are our awesomes of the week. We'll put links in the show notes for you guys as is applicable. And we are always talking about awesome of the week over on Instagram. If you haven't followed us over there, we'd love to have you at Sorta Awesome Show. And one more plug for the Hangout Group, facebook.com slash group slash Sorta Awesome Hangout, (laughs) where we talk about awesome of the week with you guys every Friday as well. Okay, friends, I'm back this week to talk a little bit more about an incredible resource that is absolutely bringing so much awesome to so many families like ours that are all of a sudden teaching their kids at home. It's an incredible program called Revolution Math, and here's how it works. Revolution Math is a weekly interactive learning program. Each week, your child meets with a math tutor live and online, along with a few other kids in the same age group together. And through fun, engaging storytelling, they work on solving math problems in real time. Revolution Math is geared towards students in the second to fifth grade, and right now they are offering an amazing deal, a 30-day trial for just $1. Now, with your trial, you're going to get four weeks of math instruction, plus a complimentary learning kit with the materials and supplies that will support your child in their new math adventures. Parents can track their kids' progress online and through weekly video updates with the trained teachers of Revolution Math. I cannot believe what an incredible program this is, and they are bringing so much fun and education to so many families right now, you guys. You can check it all out for just a dollar for 30 days. Now, this is the important part. To get the $1 trial, you need to use our sort of awesome affiliate code when you sign up. And that code is awesome one. That's awesome. And the number one, when you sign up at revolutionmath.com, once again, revolutionmath.com code awesome one, it is the perfect time. It is not too late at all to check out what revolution math has for students in your family. And at $1 for 30 days, you guys, you really have nothing to lose. So go to revolutionmath.com and use code awesome one at checkout. All right. Well, Kelly, we put together some little lists. You know, we love a list show here at Sorta Awesome. And we thought this would be a good one to just kind of distract ourselves with some things that we've, let's start with the good stuff. Through the years, Kelly, as we have made purchases and looking back on it, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have that thing. It's so been worth it. Kelly, why don't you get us kicked off on this part of our list? So the first thing I'm going to bring here is actually the inspiration for this show for me anyway because it was something that I realized has really made a difference in my life. And it did cost more money. And I'm so glad that I have now spent more money on this thing because I use it all the time. And it is my bicycle. Here we are, right? Social distancing, we have limited opportunities for activity, things that we used to do outside, maybe we can't do. My husband, I think two years ago now, decided to get me a bike. He had just gotten into cycling. And so he has a really nice, you know, like racing bike. Then he has a regular bike. He said, I would just love to go on some of the trails around here with you. That would be a fun thing that we could do together. And at the time, I had a bike that was adorable and it cost $50. It was from Walmart. It was mint green. It was a cruiser. So it had a nice, big, padded, cushy seat. 
I could dig up pictures. I bet, Austin's, if you've been following me on social media long enough, you would remember this bike because I took pictures of it and it was so Instagram worthy. You know, like it was this cute bike. It looked like, I don't even remember if it had a basket in the front or it could have, you know, like to carry your French baguette and flowers back from the farmer's market. It was that look. Adorbs. Totally uncomfortable. Impossible to ride. Couldn't make it up a hill. (laughs) So, and you know, like it was $50. So I would turn the handlebars and the wheel didn't always go where the handlebars went because the handlebar was like a little loose. (laughs) Very impractical. So he kept saying, let's go for a bike ride. And I'm like, I really can only go like on a flat surface. (laughs) And like, yes. And I need someone to be taking a picture of me. And like, I need to be wearing like little pedal pushers and like a sweater, not workout clothes. Like, I'm this is not a workout bike. This is a look at how cute I am bike. It was obviously part of your aesthetic, you know. (laughs) It was very much. And I got a helmet that was mint green and gray. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, it matches. And we're like, yes. It was darling and totally impractical. I thought it was a great deal and it was $50, but it was also not, I wanted it to be, it wasn't actually usable. So this is when I went, oh, my husband said, let's go get a bike that can be something in between. I said, the reason I like the cheap cruiser is that it doesn't hurt my butt because riding a bike is hard on that area. So he's like, let's go find something. So the bike that I have now is probably was $300, Meg, which is just like crazy because I'm not a huge athlete. So I am not used to spending large amounts of money on things for me to use to be active. Like I just go for a walk, like you can buy some shoes. But it is so wonderful. It has gears, which my other bike did not. And that's pretty crucial for getting up a hill. That's what I've learned. It is comfortable. But even then, I have also, and this was not expensive, but we bought some padded bike pants. So I have even extra padding in the pants. And again, that felt crazy to me because I have workout clothes. You know, like, do I really need extra padding? When you first put on padded pants, it feels like you're wearing a big diaper in your butt. They're not cute. And they're not like, even comfortable to wear anywhere except for on a bike, but they've made a huge difference on my bike. I've never seen any, but as soon as you said them, I was like, hmm, I do wonder how that would be. But yes, I can see how just for getting on the bike and you know, that would be crucial to a happy biking experience. Yes, for me anyway. And actually he has some too. So I mean, occasionally now when we would bike back when restaurants were open, we would bike to a restaurant and eat lunch. And I did feel weird sitting at that, you like if I got up to go to the bathroom, I'm like, Waddle, waddle, waddle. But whatever, it works. My point though is the bike, not just the pants. The bike is great. It was way more money than I'm used to spending. But this is one of those investment pieces. It really was worth it. And so there are times, this is the theme for the show, right? That you do get what you pay for. And Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to something like a bike, if you really want to use it, then you get what you pay for. And so I would recommend any awesomes, especially if you haven't been biking before, but you're thinking this is the summer or you just want to get a better bike than the one you have now because you're realizing like me that the bike you have is just not that practical. It's worth the money to buy something in a bicycle. I think that if I was going to have a little tab under this, it would also be anything that you're using to seriously invest in your health, your workout, like buying really nice shoes and in buying new shoes like every year at the minimum, depending on how much you use them. You know, these are the things that I think it's worth spending money on. You guys, I buy all my shoes at like Target. So I get that somebody says, well, you need to spend $80 on shoes. You're like, I don't to what? To like go walking or running or, you know, like this, like I would spend $80 for cute shoes, but these aren't even that cute. Mm-hmm. But it's your body and it's about how your joints work and how everything is going to feel afterwards. It is worth it. That is a place that is okay to splurge. And in fact, I would urge you to do so. 
So good. Got me kind of all thinking like, we have a great neighborhood for biking. I haven't been on a bike in years, but maybe now's the time. We'll see. Okay. Well, the first one on my list, I'm just going to get it out of the way because it's totally like some people might consider it total vanity. I don't care. This was important to me. (laughs) So, you know, I'm 42, almost 43. And time has a way of doing a number on things on your body. It's just reality. I noticed about a year ago, though, that my lips were changing. They probably had been changing for a while, but all of a sudden I realized like, I feel like my lips are getting thinner. They don't have the plumpness. In fact, they were also just, I was struggling with chapped lips all year round, all of a sudden. And so it kind of bothered me because my lips are something that I've always just thought like, this is a nice feature I have. It's just genetics. I didn't do anything special to get these lips, but I did. (laughs) I was going to say, didn't Laura call them kissing lips or something like that? (laughs) Well, I think that one of my senior superlatives, if I'm remembering correctly, we had a whole list of senior superlatives and some of them were very silly. And I think mine was either like sexiest lips or most kissable lips or something like that, which I'm totally fleshy. <laughs> As I even say it out loud, but truly all of us should have a thing that we look at. We're like, you know what? I like that thing about me. And for me, that was my lips. And so to see that they were starting to thin was kind of a bummer. Thankfully, you know, you're talking about how you don't like to see Facebook ads and those types of things. You know, social media tends to know us really well (laughs) in terms of what ads to serve to us. And so Instagram served up to me an ad for a product called uh, City Lips by a company called City Beauty. It's a non-surgical, non-lip filler, basically plumping gloss that you can buy. Well, I was a little bit skeptical, but they have tons and tons and tons of good reviews. And I really liked the fact that it's really targeted for women who are like 40 and above who have the specific issues going on with their lips, including just that fact that our lips thin over time. So I decided to check it out. It is an exorbitant amount of money to me for a lip gloss, but it does have some special magical properties to it. It's $35 a tube. Okay. Okay. Some of you, you're like, whatever, that's fine. Other of you are like, what on this earth are you talking about? (laughs) But I love it. So what it does is specifically it has in it hyaluronic acid, which it's in a lot of skincare products, especially if you're aging, because it plumps, it pulls moisture from the air and it just plumps up. You know, a lot of people will use hyaluronic acid on their foreheads or, you know, around their eyes, wherever they're seeing some wrinkles and that they want to just kind of smooth out the appearance of those. Another thing that it has is a thing called oligopeptides. Basically, it's a natural amino acid that supports your body's collagen production. So you both get an immediate plumping feel from the hyaluronic acid, but then it's actually building up and supporting collagen production for your lips, supposedly. I don't know if that's all true or not, but I will tell you that it has worked. I use it, you know, kind of every other night before bed. Sometimes I'll use it in the morning. I don't have a specific routine with it, but I have completely noticed that I feel like my lips are kind of returning to their prior look, their prior glory. (laughs) That's what came to mind. That's so dumb. (laughs) I love it. Meg's lips glory. (laughs) I just want to say things like this, like in a sexy voice. Right, right, right. Yes, totally. You say it. I'll just stand over here and blush (laughs) and fan my face. (laughs) You guys, we're going to have to put a close-up of Meg's lips on Instagram (laughs) this week. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, we'll see. I might do that. But truly, this has been, again, $35. I was like, I don't know. I'm skeptical, but I'll try it. And this was one of those, you know, every now and again, social media just hits the nail on the head with its ads. I'm glad I found City Lips through there because it really has worked and has been worth absolutely. Another thing is it lasts a long time. I think a tube does. Maybe it's just the way I'm using it. I don't use it every single day, but it really has been worth every penny for me. So that's funny. I was going to ask if you're using it every day because so many of us, because we're stuck at home, we're like, this is the day I've decided to put on makeup this yes. month. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Man, everything's lasting a really long time. <laughs> this is the time to buy it. If you're going to buy it, buy it now because it will last you a long time. <laughs> I'm sad to say that I like lipstick too. And I don't think I've put on lipstick in weeks because I haven't been going hardly anywhere. Maybe that time I went to Costco, I did. And then I realized I'm putting a mask on and no one's going to see it anyway. It's just I mean, going to make my mask thing. dirty. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. Uh, yes. But you know what? Splurge on you. I think that what you're saying is that spending money on something that makes you feel good is worth it. Absolutely. That's the takeaway here. My next one is actually, you say the social media gods know you. This is also something that I found because of a social media ad, although it just reinforced something that I was already believing. And, and my other thing to spend money on is kitchen knives. <gasps> yes. Okay. So having a good knife, at least one, a chef's knife, in your kitchen, it's like the difference between enjoying cooking and not enjoying cooking. I love to cook, but if I go to an Airbnb or somebody's house and, you know, it's all these weird knives, especially Airbnbs, I think, because, you know, why is somebody going to put a good knife in there? They're kind of a little crooked or whatever. I just am like, oh my word, I hate everything. I hate everything. And so I've actually taken to bringing my chef's knife when I go to an Airbnb, when I'm driving, not on a plane, obviously, but like if I'm driving to a cabin or something, yes, I now bring my knife. That's how stupid I kind of am, but it's worth it. Oh, you are a serious chef if you travel with knives. Just one knife, that chef one knife. knife. Yes. And usually my French press because you don't know what kind of coffee maker they're going to have there. So Absolutely. I always feel like yes. coffee is also not negotiable. I had and still have a chef's knife that my mom got me years ago from Pampered Chef. It came in its own case and it had like a sharpener in the case was kind of the idea that you could sharpen it. That was my first experience. I don't remember how much she paid for it. You know, Pamper and Chef stuff isn't necessarily cheap. It's one of their big knives. So probably it was, you know, it was a gift at some point. I'm going to guess $70, $80. I would never have spent that much. Like at the time, I probably would not have spent more than $20 on a knife. But that showed me how nice a good knife can be and what a difference it can make. And then one time on social media, I got fed an ad for Mizzen Knives. And they, it's a brand, it's M-I-S-E-N, or you could go look them up, M-I-S-E-N.co is their website. And at the time they were even just really new and they were trying to make good chef's knives more affordable. So for $65, they have this really beautiful, different colors even. Mine is like this beautiful kind of gray blue at the bottom, balanced, sharp chef's knife. And you guys, I ordered it. I feel like it was in, I'm trying to think of what's the thing where you're like raising money. Uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, it was like in a Kickstarter sort of a brand right then. So they were like, you know, if we can make this much. So I didn't get it for two or three months. At the end, I was like, is this just a scam? Like, did I get taken in by an Instagram, you know, ad here? But no, I got my knife and I love it so much. So for $65, you guys, if you don't already have a chef's knife, go get yourself one. $65. Again, maybe that doesn't seem like anything to you. Maybe you're like, what? You want me to spend how much on a knife? It will make cooking so much easier. And here's my little tab underneath it. If you have a good chef's knife and it's not sharp anymore, 
you can either get a sharpener, get a sharpener rod, or take it to get it sharpened. For $5, you can just look on your Google, you know, knife sharpening near me. You'll find a place. It's very inexpensive. They're going to sharpen your knife and you're going to have a brand new knife and you're going to like to cook again. And they do get dulled, you know, quicker than I think that most of us, because it happens so gradually, we don't pay attention to it. I will also say that my husband bought me a really nice serrated bread knife because over the last couple of years, I've started to make sourdough. So it has that, you know, big crusty crust, hard to get through. My serrated knife was lame. Again, it was probably a $5 knife that I'd gotten at Target somewhere. So he got me for Christmas, a expensive, very nice, sturdy serrated bread knife. And it is the world of difference. I mean, you can actually cut something now instead of just smushing it. It's great. It's worth the money. This is what I'm saying. Yes. I almost put on my list Cutco knives, which we bought when Daisy was a baby. So 15 years ago, they are incredible. So I'm just chiming in agreement saying yes, if at all possible, invest in a good knife. So it makes a huge difference. It really does. Okay. Well, the next one on my list, the overarching theme is denim. I will say that in the past year, I think it was like, I don't know, maybe six months ago now, through Wantable, which was a sponsor at the time of Sorta Awesome, they sent an edit for me and in there was a pair of jeans. They were more expensive than I have spent. I think they were probably the most expensive pair of jeans I've ever gotten. And I think they were like $96 or something like that. But when I put those jeans on and I spent my own dollars and cents, this was not comped by Wantable in any way. But as soon as I put these jeans on Kelly, I was like, oh my gosh, now I know what people are talking about when they say get a great pair of jeans. I'm actually wearing them right now. That was a total coincidence, but I wear them a lot because I love them so much. Now, this particular brand, I don't think there's anything magical about this brand. I think there's a lot of great denim out there. This particular one is called Liverpool Jeans or Liverpool Los Angeles. They've got like eight different styles. I think these are just like a regular boot cut. They have a great amount of stretch in them. They're just the right color. They're a dark wash. But that was the first time. I think prior to that, the most maybe ever spent on a pair of jeans was like $40 or something. And just the way these fit, the cut, I had a moment of revelation because my whole adult life, of course, I've heard people talking about the importance of jeans that fit you well. I just was like, well, these ones from Target or Old Navy are fine. They're fine. They cover me, whatever. I had never put on a pair of jeans that I was like, oh, I feel great in these. I feel great. And the minute I tried them on, I was like, I don't care. I won't buy anything else in the box. This is a lot of money. I don't care. I'm getting them. So my advice and encouragement to you is when you can, when you got a little extra, maybe a little Mother's Day money floating around or birthday money or Christmas or whatever, make that high quality pair of jeans a priority. It can change your life a little bit, at least in the day to day. You know, that day to day, just like it feels good to get dressed in these. So yes, I can testify to that. I have some expensive jeans. They were $100. Again, before this, I was an old Navy girl, like that's good enough. And here's the thing that made it for me was that I can bend over or squat and they don't gap in the back. They're high enough. They're not super, super high-waisted, but they're not low-waisted. I'm over that. I've gotten rid of all of my low-waisted pants from the early 2000s. That's huge. Like just being able to move and feel like you can move, that you look good and that you don't have to be pulling, tugging, moving all the time. It is. It's a game changer. 
I think this is a hard one for so many women because there's so many genes out there and we feel like, oh, how do I find the ones that fit me? Because the ones that fit you might not be the ones that fit me. I think what we're saying is keep looking and be willing to spend some money because if you can find the right ones, it's worth it. You're just like, oh yes, I will pay this. In fact, I didn't have this on my list. I will add to this. I've said this before on the show. A couple of years ago, I finally found some shorts that fit me that actually feel good in the summer. They are long enough, but not too long. They don't creep up in all the wrong areas. They're not hot. They were $65, which, you know, you don't even wear that shorts that much in Minnesota. If you were in Texas, you have tons and tons of shorts. I have like two pair because I wear a lot of dresses too. But spending this much money for something, once you find it, that it fits, I'm like, I can't even, like my brain just exploded how wonderful it was. It's worth it to keep trying and to find something. And if you find it, even if it's more than you would normally spend. Mm-hmm. Do Amen. it. You get this sort of awesome seal of approval. Go spend that That's money. Right. You totally do. Okay. What's the last one on your this was worth it list? The last one is healthy food for me. This is something that also comes up quite often in the hangout group is people just curious, you know, like how much do you guys spend per week on groceries? And as we have, you know, like often sussed out in the hangout group, it's so dependent on usually the area that you live in. And then what kind of food that you want, of course, how many people are in your household. But a couple of years ago, Corey and I made the decision that if we can bring healthy food into our house and get our kids to eat it, it is worth the cost. So we no longer budget groceries. We don't look at that and say, oh, wow, we spent a lot this month. We're just like, if we're eating healthy and we're getting our kids to eat healthy, it is worth it. And then for us, we've even taken it kind of to the next level too and said organic food, not only being healthy, but good for the planet. If we can swing that, that it's worth that too. So that's like a value sort of a buying. But I think that sometimes we get hung up in the idea of, well, what's the cheapest? And we forget about like, what's the quality or what we're actually, you know, feeding ourselves or our family. I think this is one of those times we really shouldn't be looking at the bottom line. Sure, shop your sales. You know, like I'm not saying that you just spend indiscriminately, but I think that buying food that's going to nourish your body and the bodies of the people who are in and around you is a really worthy investment. And it is okay to spend more money than maybe your parents did growing up, maybe more money than you thought you would spend. It's okay. It's worth it. And of course, this is one of those things that's on a lot of the lists. If you wanted to Google like, you know, things that it's worth spending money on because good food ends up maybe saving you mm-hmm. money in the long run because you're not going to be as sick and you're not going to be, you know, have other problems right now or later on. So it's worth it. And I think it was kind of nice that when we decided that this is something that it is worth spending the money on to get. Yes, we have like four kinds of berries in our fridge at all time, but we eat them. And that means our kids are eating berries instead of cookies. I mean, they're eating cookies too. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) This week at Costco, I also bought that big box of like Rice Krispie treats Mm -hmm. individually wrapped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just saying that is not healthy, but it is pandemic food. Yes, I know. That's what we need to do. That's a lot of money for berries, even if I'm buying them at Costco. But if we're eating them, it's okay. So we've decided that that's something that it is worth spending money on healthy food. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree with every word. Okay. The last one on my list, I don't know why I chose so many things that have to do with what you wear. I just now realized, wow, I could have had a little diversity in this list, but I didn't. But too late. Here we go. I would like to encourage you to have good shoes, like at least one pair that are so good and supportive and good to your feet. And I say this as somebody who for my childhood, my teenage years, 
my young adult years, I would wear flip-flops from Target. I would wear just whatever. I don't know if Old Navy still does this. I've been inside an Old Navy in a long time, but they used to have just like a wall of just, not even just flip-flops, but like little sneakers or whatever that you could grab off the wall. <laughs> I, I have a lot of so those. Many... Uh-huh. Yes, I did too. And lots of colors, right? You're like, well, if they're yes. only $3, they would be like three pairs for $10 or something. Of yes, course, they're like exactly. super cheap. Completely flat, like basically just wearing something like you could strap onto cardboard and, you know, but yes. whatever. They were cute and yes. cheap. I wore those for years. I will say that now in my 40s, I am paying for it. So now I cannot wear those anymore. I literally physically cannot wear them. But I do think that really a great investment of money, especially in the shoes that you wear the most. So if that means a great pair of, I don't know, like mules or boots or something, if you're on your feet a lot, if you're a teacher, if you're, you know, whatever the day demands of you, put your money into those shoes. And then, you know, if you want to have just some fun, ridiculous shoes that you maybe wear once every few months or whatever, whatever, you figure it out. But the things that you wear daily, oh my gosh, you guys, it's so worth it to get something that is going to be supportive for your feet. And I'm speaking especially to you younger awesomes. (laughs) I wish somebody would have really pulled me aside. I don't know if I would have listened, honestly, because I liked those cheap flip-flops, but I'm paying for it now. So I have a pair, I've talked about them on the show before. They're by Vionic. They're the Tidewater sandals. Kelly, this is maybe one of my bigger confessions I've ever shared on the show. I buy a new pair of the same style in the same color every spring. You get no judgment from me, Meg Teats. I do stuff like that too. Like when you find something that works and you know it's a good investment. So that's the thing that I think is hard about when we say it's worth to spend money on this, but you kind of, that first purchase is a jump off of a cliff. So if you've already jumped off this particular cliff, then why find a new cliff? Thank you. That's the thing. I couldn't condense all of my words into saying it, but that's exactly what it is. I know these shoes will last me because I wear them in the spring, summer, and on into the fall. So I wear them a lot. They get totally worn down by the end of the fall. And so the next spring, I'll just buy a new pair, same color. I love them so much. They're like $60 and you're like 60 because they look like flip-flops, but they are so supportive and feel so good. So anyway, spring, summer, fall, winter, get some shoes that support your, because you think about, you need that support all the way from your feet. It's Mm going to support all Mm -hmm. the way up through your hips, your spine, your core, everything. It's all starts with your feet. Just get some good shoes, you guys. It's worth every penny. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you guys know that we think that self-care and routine are always important. And of course, those things are especially important right now, while most of us are just trying to hold on to the last shreds of sanity that we have. So definitely, whatever you are using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. That's why it's time for you guys to meet Billy. Billy has recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. There's no pink tax. That means you're not going to pay more for these products just because you're a woman. There's no visit to the drugstore. And definitely, Billy is not about breaking the bank. In fact, when you go to mybilly.com, you're going to get their starter kit for just $9. That includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. And Billy is out to change more than just the way you shave. They just released three completely clean must-have products to add to your routine. They've got a lip balm, they've got dry shampoo, and face wipes. It's the perfect time to stock up. 
Of course, most of us are pulling our shorts and tank tops out of the closet, and my girls and I agree, we are obsessed with Billy. It is absolutely the smoothest shave ever. When you go to mybilly.com, you're going to meet the razor that made everyone start talking about razors. So to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com awesome. It's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you will ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com awesome. That's spelled my B-I-L-L-I-E.com slash awesome. All right, let's talk about the things that we want to flame a little bit, the things that are not so great that we're kind of regretful that we may have spent the money on. What do you have on your list, Kelly? Okay, so here's one thing, and this is maybe it's too late for this year, but I feel like we do not need to spend the kind of money that we often spend on formal dresses. And this is for us or for daughters if we have prom. We have so many other options today, you guys, to be able to rent dresses or find them on a consignment shop, especially because for many of us, if we're buying a formal dress, it's for an occasion, and then we don't always want to wear it again. So I do think there's a caveat there. If you're like, no, I really want a little black dress and I'm willing to spend money on it because I'm going to wear it to cocktail parties and Christmas parties and potentially weddings, by all means, spend the money. But if we're talking about a prom dress or a dress that you're going to wear to a wedding or something like that, rent it. You don't need to spend so much money. So This year, actually, I think especially I'm thinking about it because I know lots of girls who bought prom dresses in March. And guess what? Still hanging in their closet, never going to be worn. $300, $350. And so some of the schools, some of the private schools that I know are like, have guaranteed their senior class that they will have prom, even if it's like a year from now, because they know that the girls have already spent all that money on dresses. Like they're like, even if we like need to have it just be, you know, like they're smaller classes. So because it's so much money (laughs) and the school is acknowledging that, that the kids have spent so much money on this dress to wear to this one occasion. And so I get that this is a unique environment, but it just made me think, why are we spending $400 on a dress for one occasion when there are so many great other options today, other places that I didn't have available to me when I was a teenager to rent the runway or other places online or for sure consignment, like you can find stuff at ThreadUp might be a little harder to do online as far as trying to find sizing and stuff. But I know that my daughter, the last formal that she went to, she went to a consignment shop here that would take old bridesmaids dresses. So she bought a absolutely stunning, gorgeous dress that we hardly had to alter it for her to wear. And it cost $35. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. There are places to find that. I feel like here's the thing. How often are you going to wear it? So even I think men's tuxes, of course, men have often been able to rent their formal wear. It's women who have to buy it. For sure. Because hashtag patriarchy. (laughs) But even there, I think that if you're a man and like Corey, way back in the day, he was going to so many formal events, he bought a tux and it was a good investment. So for him, he was wearing it enough. And I think men, you know, a tux is a tux is a tux. So it's a little bit different than women being having, again, double standard. We're supposed to have a new dress for every occasion. And men's like, oh, you're wearing the same tux you wore at the last Christmas party? No one even blinks. That was a good investment for him. He spent less money in the long run on a nice name brand tux than he would have if he'd rented one every year. But I just think if you only are going to wear something once, even though, yes, you want to look gorgeous, you want your daughter or your niece to look gorgeous, there are other ways to spend the money. For sure. I so, so, so agree. Okay, like I said, this thing I'm going to talk about that I should not have spent the money on Kelly, in all of my years of being an adult and having my own money, I think this is at the top of my 
list of biggest regret. I hate this product so much. And that's saying a lot. Oh, I cannot wait to hear. I'm like on the edge of my seat, Meg Teets. What is it? Well, it's kind of boring because it's a mommy product, a baby product, but it is a high chair that I got on Amazon because I thought it was so pretty. (laughs) And it is the worst product for a baby. And I have a lot of them that I've ever used. The company, I want to put them on blast. The company name is (laughs) Han. Dash MM. That should have been my first sign, Kelly. But it was cute, Mickey's. I get this. I am tracking with you. So tell me why it was a bad purchase. Okay. First, I'm going to tell you that I thought it was so pretty because it has this sort of like Norwegian. Like the, the Scandinavian style Scandi. kind of. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scandinavian style. So it's got these wood legs. The seat itself is very minimalistic. It's white and gray. I loved everything about that. I thought it just looked so just, yeah, so minimalism inspired. So pretty. It's a nightmare. The legs, which are very pretty to look at, the leg span of them is so big. It's like, it takes up, okay, the footprint of this high chair takes up so much space. And I have tripped over this thing. My big kids have tripped over it. It is enormous. It takes up so much space. Also, and this is probably my biggest pet peeve, the tray is a total nightmare. As you know, Kelly, when you're feeding a baby, a toddler, they are in and out of that chair all day long, not just for meals, but for snacks. You use it so much. This does not have what I should have been looking for, number one, the ability to pull the tray in and out with one hand. You have to use both hands. The thing never clicks into place. Like you just keep trying to adjust it. It will barely like slide into place. You don't ever really get that click. So, you know, it's really in there. It's needlessly complicated to get the tray on there. It has this tray that that like a mini tray that sits on top. You're supposed to be able to just pop that off and wash it up and you can put it back on, except it has these three tabs that you have to line up perfectly to get it on and off. So that's a huge pain. The shoulder straps are sewn on, like the padded part is sewn onto the shoulder straps. You can't take those off to clean them. Every single part of the design is so bad. And every day, my kids are so sick of me complaining about it. I'm sure they're like, mother, please use our Christmas money and buy a new (laughs) high chair so you can stop. It would be worth it. What we think is our investment. Like we would say, buy your mom a new product for Mother's Day (laughs) that she's complaining about all the time. It's actually a gift to you. That's where they are because every day I'm like, I hate this high chair so much. I hate it. I really should honestly just trash it and just get a new one and start over and call it a loss. Call it a learning experience. It is the worst. It was so pretty and it does look pretty sitting in the dining room, but I hate it so much. I can't even see the beauty of it anymore. There's a big lesson there, Meg, is that sometimes, and I'm saying this to you, get rid of it. The actual investment is like, we hold on to it because we're like, I bought it. It's like, we think we deserve to suffer. I spent the money I'm just going to be annoyed by it all the time. No, throw that thing away, Meg Teets, and go get yourself a new high chair. When did you buy it? For Nico? Yeah, I bought it for Nico. Brand new, you know, because we didn't have any baby gear. So it's that economic principle sunk cost theory where you've sunk the cost into it. You think you have to keep it. It brings me so much anti-joy every day. I think you're right. It's time to just scrap it and start again. Yes, I get that. <laughs> I have some things in my house, some house design things that are like that, that I can't scrap, but that I'm like, people spent a lot of money to put this pretty beveled edge on my granite countertops. And it is the biggest pain. Every time I have to try to wipe crumbs off of it, it's like, 
half the things in my house are gorgeous and not useful. Yes. And I just wish that I could be like, there's a middle ground. This was money poorly spent. (sighs) Someday I'll get to design my own house and I'll be able to correct some of these things. Okay, so here's my (laughs) last thing. Okay. On what I think people should not spend money on. And that is the newest phone. So I know tech people and I'm not a tech person. I like technology. We have a lot of tech in our house. We are pretty geeky and nerdy. We have our own email address. Like I'm always like, that's when you're at that level of like pretty high geek. I don't think that the brand new technology, like the new iPhone that's coming out is worth the cost and hype. It is almost always filled with bugs. There are things (laughs) that are going to be annoying that they haven't fixed. And it's so much more money than the product that is two iterations back or maybe just one iteration. I just don't think it's worth buying the latest brand new tech until it's been tested a little bit. I don't think it's worth the money and worth the time. Now, there are people who it's just like, it's for them, it's fun. You know, it's like buying a trendy outfit. It's just so much fun for me to have the new thing and to be talking about it and testing it out. Okay, I think for most of us, when you're like, should I go buy the brand new phone or should I buy... You know, like I have an iPhone 7. So should I upgrade to an 8, an 11? Like, what should I do? Don't go for the new one. Take a couple steps back. It's like half the cost, usually, the older phones than the brand new one. So the amount of money that you're spending and you're going to get a product that's more tried and tested and it's going to be fine. It's still a really good product. You are upgrading from what you had before. It's just not worth it to buy the brand new latest gadget, I don't think. I'll just quietly put my iPhone 11 Pro in my pocket. (laughs) Now, I will say this. My son is getting an iPhone 11. It will be here this week. (laughs) So, you know, but they're coming out with a new one, Meg, this year. It's like this summer, right? So technically, it's not even like if you were a tech person, you'd be like, I'm not buying the 11. I'm waiting for the new baby. Yeah, that's true. I got this truly because I wanted to start doing video and it has the three lens camera. Good for video, blah, blah. But still, it functions the same as other iPhones do. Okay, well, the last one on my list, and I'm going to contradict something I said earlier because I was like, I love this lip plumping gloss for my aging lips. Okay, I said that is one of the things to spend money on. Now I'm going to contradict myself. Don't worry about it, you guys. I contain multitudes. I contradict myself. That's that's what I was just going to say. I contain (laughs) multitudes. Don't limit me. But I truly have come to the conclusion that for me, spending money on drugstore anti aging, anti wrinkle creams is a waste of money. If I really, at this point, again, in my 40s, somebody who did not wear sunscreen the way I should have earlier in life, if I really wanted to make a significant difference in wrinkles, forehead, eyes, the whole thing, I need to either go on like something prescription like Retin-A, like my sister has done and her skin looks amazing. So I'm still kind of toying with that. Or go to a dermatologist or a doctor and have some injections done, something. At this point in my life, the damage that's already been done to my face, it is not worth it to buy another jar of Miracle in a Jar cream. Miracle in a Jar. For how much? Because how much are you spending too? It's not a great deal of money always at the drugstore, but it's not always cheap either. Right. Those drugstore ones can be they can get up there in price depending on the brand and you know what they're promising. I'm sure that they do work for some people. I'm just saying that it gets to a certain point of aging on your skin that you're, you just need a little bit stronger help than you can get at the drugstore, I think. And again, I'm saying this because I'm looking at my sister's skin 
And depending on, you know, for different people, if you have like insurance that will cover it or whatever, it's like super, super not as expensive as getting something at the drugstore. But I look at my sister's skin. She's been doing this really, her whole Retin-A regime religiously for a couple of months now. Her skin is glowing. She looks fantastic. She's only 14 months younger than me. I'm toying with it. It is a big commitment because it's a whole thing once you start using Retin-A on your skin. So I'm still like deliberating it, but I do feel like I have come to the point where I'm like, I'm just not going to buy that stuff anymore. It does not really make a difference. And I could put that money, well, into buying more lip plumping gloss for my aging (laughs) lips. (laughs) Well, and you're spending money on a product that maybe doesn't do much anymore. And so why not take that money and spend it on something that really will? Like it's reallocating your finances. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Okay. Well, I don't know about Kelly, but I will tell you, I had all kinds of other things that did not make this list. (laughs) So keep an eye on our social media for Sorta Awesome, because I know I'll be popping on there. Kelly might too in her copious free time, you know, when she's working full time and (laughs) schooling her children and all of the things and trying to just be a human in this world. (laughs) Try and we don't get out of school until early June still. Some schools in this area have decided to make the year shorter. So we're still, Meg, pray for me. We have a month of school left yet. Still (laughs) here at home. We technically wrapped yesterday, but with my twins, we got to keep going. We got a lot of stuff to cover still. So, okay. But so keep an eye on sort of awesome social media, but Kelly, if anybody wants to find you, I know we can find you in the hangout group for sure. Where else can we find you around the web? The hangout group, the superstars group, or you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Gordon MN for Minnesota or Twitter, the same place. If you want to find me outside of Facebook, outside of the hangout group, Twitter is probably where I am the most since I can do that for my job. Totally, totally. Well, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Twitter, thanks to Kelly over at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.